You're listening to The Air Attack with B.C. the Man on HasBeenSports.com. I know Yeah, what's up, guys? The Air Attack is brought to you by a Fable label. Come on, any timeless popularity, the T-shirt with modern, innovative designs, allowing you to stand up for the crowd today. If you're not a fan of Fable label, you soon will be. In fact, I'm wearing Fable label right now, so can you check them out? FableLabel.com. The shout out to everybody down at Hasbin Sports in Nashville. Um, it's Christmas time, uh, Christmas season officially. You got the tree in Rockefeller Center that they put up, which I don't really see the point. I, I talked to somebody about this last week. The point of seeing the tree get lit in Rockefeller Center. Let me just tell you guys how this works every single year. They find a tree in Connecticut, Long Island, or somewhere in New Jersey, maybe, or maybe upstate New York, okay? They find it in one of those four places. It's a big, tall tree. It's a pine tree, a fir, whatever you want to call it, okay? They bring it to the city. They string some lights on it, and then they turn it on. My point is, when you go see the tree, you just go, I mean, how long are you supposed to sit there and stare at the thing? Like, seriously. It's, I know it's a big, majestic tree, but I mean, what are you supposed to do? You know, you go there, you take, you know, 15 or 20 pictures so you can show your idiot friends on Instagram and Facebook. Yes, I'm talking to you same people who think apple picking and, like, pumpkin picking are, like, worthwhile life events. Like, they're things that are actually worth mentioning. I'm talking to you same exact people. It's ridiculous. But it is Christmas season. Happy Hanukkah to all the Jewish people out there. I don't want to forget about them. I really hope, by the way, I'm not offending any Muslim people because that's apparently the most important thing in our life now. Oh, my God. You know, after what these two idiots did in San Bernardino, you know, that's what we're concerned about. You got people with their, their biggest concern in life is showing a picture of the female shooter with her face uncovered. You got to be fucking kidding me. And Loretta Lynch, our attorney general, her biggest concern is people using bad language about Muslims. That's your big, that's, really, that's your biggest concern, because I thought 14 people just died. That's what I'm concerned about. I don't want to be number 15. That's just me, though. My God. Disrespectful. The woman blew people to bits with high-powered rifles. She planned this shit for two or three years. She even had pictures of a local high school, so people thought maybe she was, first of all, thinking about killing kids. And we're worried about being disrespectful? I, I, I hate to sound like a five-year-old, but I think she kind of started it. Honestly. Oh, my God. We can't disrespect her at all, huh? Okay. No problem. By the way, that girl's face probably looked better after the cops blew her head off. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. I would have been absolutely fine not seeing it. I feel more disrespected than, than she could ever have. Oh, my God. Please. I know people are offended about offensive, you know, people worried about offensive language and stuff like that. I mean, look, the stuff's not going to go away anytime soon. It's become a hot political debate. I know there's a gun issue involved. I, I get all that. I don't know why we need assault rifles. I don't need, I don't know why that, those have to be out there, but these people also had bombs, too. Just remember that. And so you got your Democrats are trying to use the gun thing to take, you know, to basically take the attention off of another issue because... When stuff like this happens, unfortunately for them, um, you know, guys like Donald Trump and, and basically all the Republican candidates end up looking better because they're they're concerned about people coming in out of the country. And these people just came to the country recently and blah, blah, blah. So people are going to go back and forth. This is just going to be basically what the campaigns are now. That's how you're going to have it. Um, you know, Trump's being accused of having basically running an anti-Muslim campaign, which to an extent he really is. Um, and he's got to tone it down at some point, too. See, right now, Donald Trump's only going for a nomination. Remember that. He's only going for a presidential nomination. He's not, he's not, he's, he's not running for president right now. He's running for the Republican bid. That's what he's running for. When he gets that, you would think he'd tone it down a little bit. But he hasn't toned it down yet. And the, the less he tones it down, the more the media gets on him. The more the media gets on him, the more his numbers go up. It's amazing because people can't stand the media anymore. They just they, they can't. 
I don't care if it's The Daily Show or CNN or whatever. They, they're tired of the media and their, and their nonsense. They really are. Now, Hillary Clinton, if you want to be fair about it, is basically running an anti-Donald Trump campaign to take all the focus off all the fucked up shit we found out about her recently. And that's what you have. God damn. Mm. Hey, it'd, be, it'd be nice if like if like a third candidate came in from somewhere. Like the way like Steve Martin would come on to Saturday Night Live and somebody else had hosted for like the fifth or sixth time and he would come on and kind of show them how to do it the right way. It'd be nice if someone like that kind of walked in. It really would. Boy, if you told me if you told me growing up that someday Bill Clinton's wife and Donald Trump were gonna be having it out for president in 2016, I would have told you you're nuts. It's funny too. Because I'm on Twitter all the time. You can follow me, by the way, on Twitter at BCAK and the man. Some of you same people that are all of a sudden in love with Muslim people. See, first you were in love with Mexican people. Now you're in love with Muslim people. It's basically whoever Donald Trump says something negative about, you all of a sudden fall in love with. You know what I mean? And some of you same people who are all over Donald Trump for saying anything bad about Muslim people who feel the need to de- defend the honor of every Muslim person on the planet. I've also been glorifying Caitlyn Jenner for the better part of 2015. Without, I guess, realizing that if Caitlyn Jenner was in a Muslim country, Caitlyn Jenner's life expectancy would be very short. Put it this way. Caitlyn Jenner moved to, like, Qatar. Very tough for for Caitlyn to get a life insurance policy. Put it to you that way. Okay? Your ideologies may kind of... I just You might have conflicting... You might have a little, little problem there. A little conflict there with your views. I'm just saying. Might not all add up. Just putting it out there. Now, as far Donald Trump talks about monitoring Muslim communities, I, I got to tell you something. I'm pretty sure we've been doing that since 9-11. And if you don't think we've been doing that, then you're not very bright. He doesn't put it in a very classy way. He doesn't put it in a very diplomatic way, but he hasn't done it yet. It hasn't hurt him yet. So he's. I don't think he's going to tone it down anytime soon because it hasn't hurt him. And I honestly think he thinks it's kind of funny at this point. I really do. And now, how do, listen, how do I know we're monitoring Muslim communities? Well, I watch Homeland. That's how I know. What do you think Saul Berenson and Carrie Matheson have been doing for the last five years? Come on, wake up, people. Obviously, I know about this shit. Come on. Um, Scott Weiland dropped dead. You know, someone on Twitter... Someone on Twitter summed it up best. Um, very sad to hear. Shocked it didn't happen 20 years ago, which is pretty much the, the case. Someone said, listen, man, the guy didn't deserve to die like that. Yeah, he didn't. you're right. He didn't deserve to die alone in the back of a tour bus in Minnesota. You know, you're right. He didn't. He deserved to die in a park in L.A. at like 2, 3 in the morning after trying to score dope off an undercover cop. That would have been the way he should have gone out. That's how he spent half his life anyway. So, And as far as his ex-wife, you know, writing an article about, you know, don't glorify this tragedy, you know, I would have taken that a lot more seriously if she didn't have a book out. How's that? You know, you can't go ahead and, and you know, fall for the bad guy or the bad boy, so to speak, and kind of glorify his lifestyle when he's alive. And then when you guys split up, all of a sudden, hey, don't glorify this tragedy when he passes away. That, that doesn't add up to me. I don't want to hear it. I really don't. You know, and she's not, I mean, she's far from the only one, but, you know, she had no problem with the way he was living when she got married to him. I, I found it very hard to believe she didn't know what he was doing when they were together. So all of a sudden, um, it becomes a huge issue now that he passed away. I can could, I could do without the preaching. I'm sorry. If you cared so much about his lifestyle, you probably should have done something about it, you know, before you married the guy. Just putting it out there. Just putting it out there. It's easy to shit on the guy now. He's not here anymore to defend himself. So um, I would I, that I have a hard time taking seriously. But like that one guy on Twitter said, yep, surprised it didn't happen a long time ago, to be honest with you. Um, very talented guy, though. Very talented guy. Doesn't change the fact that it was a very sad thing. Um, let's get to some of the let's get the college football stuff real quick. I'm not going to go real big into, you know, predicting what's going to happen in these games yet. I'll save that for I, th- I think I've got I think I've got it pretty much figured out. Basically. First of all, the Michigan State game, which was basically 
the drive of a lifetime for Michigan State. I think it was 18 plays. It was uh, one of the longest drives. It's not the longest drive in college football this year. Iowa fans basically held on to help hope the entire year. They basically held on to hope until, you know, 10 seconds left, whatever, how much, how much time was left in this game um, of being undefeated. Iowa played a garbage schedule all year. I mean, let's be, let's be fair about it. And the fact that Michigan State or Iowa is now going to be in this playoff, a lot of things had to happen for that to take place. You know, Baylor losing a couple times. Now, Oklahoma's there anyway, so the Big 12 already has a team. But um, the fact that Notre Dame had to play Clemson, the fact that Notre Dame uh, played so poorly against Boston College, and then, of course, Notre Dame losing to Stanford on a last-minute field goal, that could have gone either way. So, you know, the, the fact that Michigan State is now number three in this, this poll is kind of shocking to people. Remember something. Michigan State, just a few weeks ago, I think it was three weeks ago, was a 14-point underdog at Ohio State, who themselves thought they had a chance to backdoor their way into this thing if a few things went right the last Saturday. Now, here's the thing. I, here's the problem I have with that. Why do we have this system where you have a Final Four to determine the college football champion, and you've got five supposed power conferences? Okay, you got the ACC, Big 12, Big 10, Pac-12, and uh, SEC, obviously. Okay, so you got four, they only got four teams. Now, just do the math. One of those conferences gets shut out every year. This year, you almost had two conferences get shut out because Notre Dame was almost one of your final four teams. What's the point of having a system like that where those conferences get preference, and then you're going to bring an Ohio State team in that didn't even make it to the championship game of its own conference? That makes zero sense to me. I'm sorry. That, to me, is absolutely absurd. Um, it makes no sense whatsoever. So the four, the four teams, it, there really wasn't a lot of controversy. See, last year there was controversy. And this basically got the ball rolling. And it'll take another year like last year, maybe one or two years like last year, before they bump it up to six or eight teams. But last year, TCU thought they should have gotten in over Ohio State. Ohio State was the four seed and obviously ended up winning the national championship last year. So it does matter who's four and who's five. You know, it really does. Um, and while we're on the topic of that, the Big 12, they have to figure out something with the Big 12. Okay, I have no problem with Oklahoma being in the game and being number four. I also have no problem with Michigan State jumping over Oklahoma. You know, they were five. They beat the number four team. So they go to number three. Oklahoma gets bumped down to number four. I have no problem with that. The only thing I'll say about that, though, is that I don't think they did themselves any favors. I think you're Michigan State. You'd rather play Clemson than Alabama. I don't think anybody wants a part of Alabama, especially Michigan State, because Alabama and Michigan State play relatively similar type of games. Because Alabama is just better at it. And a lot of people think, you know, a lot of, a lot of people out there, including a lot of handicappers, I've said this before, do not think Michigan State is even that good. So, yeah, they beat Iowa, and their reward is now they got to play what a lot of people think is clearly the, the, the best team in the country. And to give you an idea, Oklahoma is actually, as the four seed, is actually favored in the early numbers. They're favored by like a, like a field goal over top of Clemson. So that just gives you an idea of what people think about, about these teams. And just to tip, I had, tip my hand a little bit, I would say that Oklahoma probably deserves to be favored over Clemson. Now, that game, too, is another thing. Okay, we'll get to that in a minute. But the point is, the Big 12 has got to get themselves a championship game. It's not fair. I got a conference out there bitching and moaning that you know Oklahoma had to win one less game last year. It definitely hurt them. There's no question not having a championship game last last year hurt TCU. There's no question they're holding it against these teams. Now this year worked out okay for Oklahoma. It actually worked out probably perfectly for Oklahoma because Oklahoma might have stayed the three seed this year and had to play Alabama in the first game if they had won a championship game in the in the Big 12. And the reason they don't have a championship game in the Big 12, if you don't know this, is because the Big 12 doesn't have 12 teams. They have 10. And the NCAA has a rule that you have to have 12 teams in your conference to play a title game. You know, either the Big 12 has to get two more teams or the NCAA has to change that rule. That's a bad rule. You know, I don't care. what You know, get Boise State in there. Tulsa. 
You know, San Diego State. So I don't know. You know what? Someone. I know. I understand because these these conferences now they want big TV bases and stuff like that. I get that. Hey, how about Houston? They're playing well. How about Houston? They're, I mean, they've got a good program there. They got a decent enough fan base. I, you know, just get two more teams in there, or the NCAA has to change its rules. I mean, you may think Boise and San Diego State. Hey, listen, West Virginia's in the Big Twelve. What's the difference? What's the difference. You got. I mean, the, the geography now means nothing. Syracuse is in the ACC. Who cares? You got Rutgers in the Big Ten. Oh, yeah, yeah, San Diego State, Boise State. Who gives a shit? No, no one cares about geography anymore. Which is another joke. Another joke. Another joke. But joke. But athletes, and there is supposed to be a regional thing to these conferences. But you know, what do I know? They don't ask me about this kind of stuff. The ACC game oh, with the with the finish with UNC and Clemson. First of all, a lot of scoring, like you would think, which obviously would give you pause if you're a Clemson fan. The way UNC moved the ball up and down the field at will. Um, UNC fans thought if they won that game, they should have gotten in. Uh, they thought, you know, Clemson should have been knocked down. They should have been the number four team. Ohio State fans then thought they would have had some hope, blah, blah, blah. Um, if North Carolina wants to make that argument in years to come, they can stop scheduling 1AA schools, or what they now call FCS schools, um, twice in the season. Twice. And they lost to South Carolina, who fucking sucks. Now, I understand that it was early in the year. I get all that. But still, South Carolina is terrible. South Carolina just had a terrible year. South Carolina wasn't necessarily playing as poorly the first couple weeks of the year as they were the rest of the year, but still, South Carolina's not very good. It's a bad loss. Quarterback on North Carolina played terrible in that game. I watched the, basically that whole game. It was, it was awful. But, um, you know, it's either another here or there because they did lose. Now, they scored late. There's obviously a controversy with the onside kick where they called North Carolina offsides. I don't know what has to happen in these games. I mean, you're talking about the biggest game in the conference determining who's going to go to the college football playoff. And this is, these are supposed to be the good refs. Remember that. Championship games, they don't pick the guys out of a hat. They, that's, like an all, that's like an honor. That's like an all-star crew. It's like, hey, you guys did a great job this year. You're going to the championship game. And they call a phantom offsides call on an onside kick. What are you, fucking kidding me? And your conspiracy theorists will tell you, well, you know, they figured if North Carolina wins the game, the ACC maybe doesn't get a team in there. So they wanted to, you know... Maybe the ACC definitely wanted to make sure Clemson got in there. Hey, I don't know. You know, I don't know. All I know is UNC deserved a chance to tie that game. All the pressure would have been on the Clemson defense at that point after having led for most of the game and then being undefeated all year. And that could have been such a climactic finish. The fans deserved it, too. And another finish at the end of a big game. And the ACC crew just flat out just, just you know, mangles. I mean, I'm sorry. They just completely made a, an abortion out of it. I'm sorry. That's the best way I can put it. Absolutely terrible. I mean, really bad. Really, really bad. And I don't know how much how much more of this shit has to happen, you know, before people wake up and say, okay, we got to do something about the officiating. I mean, it, it's bad in the NFL. It's, it's been terrible in the NFL this year. It really has. And the college guys are worse. Let's face it. Let's face it. Um, we'll do NFL. We'll just, you know, we'll, we'll whip around the league. We haven't done that in a while. We'll go around. Um, we'll cover most of the games from last week real quick. Um... The Giants, basically, as they are wont to do, have now <laughs> folded again, blown a fourth quarter lead to the Jets. Um, drop passes, terrible defense too, by the way, including Dominic Rogers, Camarda, who just who just basically doesn't play. De- I mean, he, he literally just I just think he's he just decides. Listen, I'm going to cash checks, and I really don't have to I don't have to play defense anymore. I just don't have to play. Um, doesn't, definitely doesn't want to have to tackle, um, but it's just awful. Um, the Giants, I mean, have been a basically a comedy show all year and still find themselves right in the hunt for the NFC East title. I know people are talking about reseeding the, the, the playoffs and everything like that. You have to have divisions in football. It, it just creates it just creates 
more drama. It keeps more teams in it. You can't say, listen, this team is below 500. They can't make the playoffs. That makes no sense. I understand someone's going to get fucked this year. I get that. But that's just not the way it works. You can't have a league where the divisions don't mean anything. You just can't. I'm sorry. You want to have a rule that says you have to finish 500 to win your division? I would maybe listen to something like that. But, I, you know, you just I don't know what to tell you. They're just, you know, the NFC East is a disaster. Look, look at the Dallas-Washington game on Monday night. I mean, you talk about two teams trying to lose. I mean, that was fucking awful. Terrible. You know, it's not like it's week one, guys. It's not like it's the preseason. These guys should be I mean, somewhat fit at this point. I know we've had a lot of injuries and stuff like that. I get that. But that was just, I mean, that was a that was a pathetic Monday night game. Um, following up the Browns disaster in the previous week on Monday night with the, you know, the kick six, the, you know, the block kick to, to lose the game. You have the the Packers take down another basically franchise. Another franchise that's basically just you know has made losing an art. That that hail mary against Detroit. The best part about that hail mary was the video of Megatron basically looking like he was, he just fell out of the picture. <laughs> Matt Stafford throwing his hat. I mean you know Detroit. You know I tell you what that you know as funny as that was that was actually a very significant play because I took you know that took some momentum off of Minnesota, put the Packers right back in everything. The Packers were looking like they were in trouble for the at least for the division. And I mean, just, I mean, listen, that happens. I mean, that, that the Hail Mary thing almost never happens, especially when it's to win a game. Maybe at the end of a half, but to win a game almost never, ever happens. And that was about as bad a Hail Mary defense as you could play by Detroit, but they did it. And that's just how it was. And it's funny because after that, you know, not to say that one has anything to do with the other, but not to say that it doesn't. Minnesota goes out and just plays an awful game against Seattle. Minnesota's really banged up right now, and they're coming back to earth. If you look, see what happens is you look back at some of these teams now this time of year, and you start looking back at their last few games, like the last 10 games, 12 games, and you start asking yourself, okay, show me the big win that they really have. And I looked at Minnesota yesterday, and I said, you know what? I can't really see, I can't really see the real big-time win that they have. Yeah, they won at the Bears when the Bears were playing like shit. I think they might have won at Kansas City when Kansas City was playing poorly. I mean, they just, they just... They just don't have that real big win on on the resume this year. They just don't. Packers came in into Minnesota and just blew the doors off them. They just don't. They don't really have like what I would even consider a signature win this year at all. I mean, really, they don't. Um, Cardinals keep rolling at the Rams. The Rams are terrible right now. The Rams are obviously going the wrong way. Um, the, the the Bucks coming back on the Falcons. I tell you what, for Jameis Winston and for Florida State to come out this week and say that they mishandled the investigation of Jameis Winston, that they made some mistakes. I don't think it's really a mistake when you do it on purpose. How's that? Okay, the Jameis Winston thing, if you, you know, if you had any knowledge of that case and you like actually went over the police report, you saw some of the details of what that girl said and some of the physical evidence in that case, you wouldn't call that a mistake. You wouldn't call that mishandling anything. You would just call that taking a dive. And let's call it what it is. So, you, can be, you know, eventually you got to talk about the guy as a football player. You really do. And the guy can play football. And the guy, for as dumb as he may sound when he talks, I'll tell you, on a football field, he's pretty smart. He really is. And he can play. He can absolutely play. And that team, by the way, that Tampa Bay team has a chance to make the playoffs. And they are not bad. And looking ahead of the future, they've got some talent on that team, especially at the skill positions. Got a good tight end. They got Evans, a wide receiver, who's pretty good when he's not dropping the ball. They, I, you know, they got some guys on defense. They, they are, I could see them actually doing something. I know people think Lovey Smith is a basically a go-nowhere coach, but they, they have played a lot better the second half of the year, which happens... Which, by the way, happens all the time. Um, these teams, these teams in the NFL, go in waves. They don't just play the same year in. They don't just play the same week in, week out. It has to do with injuries. It has to do with the level of effort, and it has to do um, the fact that it's just, just a chemistry thing. And these teams come in and out. And you're seeing Tampa Bay, who was playing like garbage at the beginning of the year, now starting to play well. You're seeing Minnesota, who was playing very well, now starting to play very poorly. You know, it just it happens year in, year out. 
Um, Houston lost a tough game at Buffalo, a very tough game at Buffalo. It, the score was nine points, but it shouldn't have been nine points. It was basically that game should have been a field goal game either way. They got they gave up a late touchdown, um, a lot more scoring in that game than you would have thought. But so Houston drops out of first place. The Colts take first place. Buffalo still alive for a playoff spot. The AFC though, what you're basically looking at is you're looking at most likely the, the four the four division leaders will stay the same, and you'll get Kansas City and the Steelers probably. Kansas City is rolling now. They take care of Oakland. They have probably the easiest remaining schedule of anybody in the league. Um, the Niners actually won against Chicago, which surprised some people. Didn't you know? Not, didn't surprise everybody. Uh, Jacksonville, Tennessee, no one gives a shit about that. Carolina stays undefeated. Which, look, guys, uh, you can talk about Cam Newton's end zone dancing all you want. Cam, Cam Newton is probably the MVP of the league right now. I don't know why people care about end zone dances now, but probably because they're not real sports fans. Um, Cincinnati and Cleveland was a blowout from the beginning. Cleveland can't do anything right. I know the win. The, the Baltimore win over them the week before is very deflating. I get all that. They can't do a thing right. They're a mess. Their coach is on the way out. What's interesting now, Johnny Manziel is your starter all of a sudden for the rest of the season. How did that happen? Very simple. Front office says to Mike Patton, Johnny's going to start now. You know, you, you gave him this punishment, a slap on the wrist or whatever it is. But bottom line is, we need to start pimping this kid out because we have to get rid of him. We want to get something for him. Yes, they could cut him. Yes, they could prove a point. Yes, they could send a message. But, you know, what's more important is the future of the franchise. Not that you expect Cleveland to have any kind of future as a franchise. I get all that. I get all that. Because they've given you no reason whatsoever, okay, to think, to think anything differently. But... You know what? If you can get something for the kid, you can get something. Some teams have expressed an interest. He is young. Maybe he'll grow up. Maybe he'll turn it around. Cleveland's maybe not the best environment for him. No question about that. He's going to start the rest of the year. That obviously was not Mike Patton's call. Mike Patton is probably as good as done. And then just to show you how, you know, some days you just never know what's going to happen in the NFL. I know the Patriots are missing a bunch of guys. But that doesn't explain the way this game against Philadelphia went, which was absolutely bizarre with the special teams touchdowns, the defensive scores and whatnot. I mean, New England for once actually looked out of sorts which is funny you never say that especially when they're at home they're about as consistent as it gets in the nfl and especially when they play at home and they're good too and they just i mean i mean for for once they looked like the team that was not in control and just to show you how dysfunctional the eagles are this year coming off of a win in new england coming off a win from foxborough okay you still had DeMarco Murray complaining about not touching the ball enough. <laughs> you, went into, you went into Foxborough. You beat Tom Brady. You beat Bill Belichick. You did it on the road. No one wins at Gillette Stadium except for the Patriots. Nobody. <laughs> these guys these guys go in and win, and they're still arguing. Chip Kelly, this, this just goes to show you the difference now between NFL and college coaches. In college, the players aren't allowed to do shit like this. So you have to earn their respect in the NFL on a different level. And Chip Kelly has absolutely not done that. He's alienated a lot of guys. Obviously had a problem with Sean McCoy. Got rid of him. Brings in DeMarco Murray because apparently Sean McCoy was toxic and blah, blah, blah. Now here's DeMarco Murray bitching him on it. I mean, you can't make it up. You can't make it up. The difference between the college coach and the NFL coach is basically two things. Number one, the control factor in college. And that kind of that kind of come, you know comes into play with the second thing. And that is some of these college coaches have egos that are just so ridiculous they can't get out of their own way and that doesn't really work in the NFL the NFL is more about the players yeah you have a say I mean don't get me wrong I mean you know listen you know you have a system you have a you have coordinators and you know you call the shots I get that but you can't be the, the super disciplinarian like you have in Cleveland you just can't do, when you're paying the guys money you're not going to get your way all the time as a coach you're not you know in college yeah you could be down three touchdowns and call a timeout with 32 seconds left because you want to draw attention to yourself because we never we never quit and blah 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 
You know, Brett Bielema cost his team a game in Arkansas a few weeks ago by overcoaching. It was, the, the final score, I think, was 51-50 to 50 against Mississippi State. And they are moving the ball down the field at will on the final drive. And next thing you know, Brett Bielema decides, hey, we're going to run the clock out and call timeout and kick a, like a 35-yard field goal, which we know in college football this year is basically a coin flip. And, and what happened to kickoff block? He looked like an idiot. Two, three more plays, they would have been in the end zone, no problem. But he decided he was going to make himself, he was going to draw attention to himself and show what a great coach he was. Such a great coach, it cost the team a win. That was it. So, the Eagles are going nowhere fast with Chip Kelly. I mean, I, I, I'm sorry. I, 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 would, I would be very surprised to see Chip Kelly stick around past this year. I really would. I, I, just, don't see, I just don't see how it's working. It, it's, the, the college to NFL thing can work out. You see a perfect example in Seattle with Pete Carroll. Sometimes it works. And sometimes it just doesn't. And some guys are just fit to be college coaches. And, you know, for Chip Kelly, see, for Chip Kelly, the college jobs will always be there. So he'll, he'll go down swinging. Don't make him fire him, I, I really think. I think he wants to coach in the NFL, but sometimes it's just not for you. It really isn't. And so, like, basically the rest of the teams in the NFC East, the, the Philadelphia Eagles are a dumpster fire. And imagine this. By the way, just, just remember this. The Eagles, the Giants, the Redskins, or the Cowboys. Pick one of those teams. I don't know which one to tell you either. It should be the Giants because they've blown so many late leads, but it doesn't really matter. It's going to be one of those teams. One of those teams is going to end up hosting a playoff game, and they're probably going to end up hosting someone like the Seahawks who's going to have like three or four more wins than them. That's going to happen. I mean, I like it, but that's just, I mean, maybe that's the way, the way it should be, but that's just the way it is in the NFL. I mean, just how it is. What a joke. Oh, my God. What a, what a terrible division the NFC East is. As a Giants fan, I hate to say that. Anyway, that's all the time we got this week in the Air Tap. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you check out FableLabel.com. FableLabel, company of the timeless popularity of the T-shirt with modern innovative designs, allowing you to stand out from the crowd today. If you're not a fan of FableLabel, you soon will be. Make sure you check out the Air Attack. All the great articles and podcasts each and every week on HasBeenSports.com, Facebook.com, slash The Air Attack, and Twitter at BCAKA, the man. New music. We're going to go hard rock this time. This is Psycho with Shock Me. I am BC, the man. I'll see you guys next week on The Air Attack. Thanks.